0: Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another
1: episode of the Coaches Roundtable. Hope you guys are having a great morning so far and joining us for another Q&A. What's up, guys? Brevin, Chris, what's going on? Hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, doing better than us with technology this morning.
0: (laughs) We're, We're just not good at it. (laughs)
1: there's so many times where i'm just like i'm like a technology wizard i can figure everything out and then there's times like this where i'm just like i just i really just want to throw
0: the computer through the window that's how i feel most days i'm like whatever i'm not even gonna try yeah how do i make this as simple as possible dial up
2: keeps messing up with me and everything else so
1: yep (laughs) um (laughs) that's uh it it was so funny the other day i never related to something so much so much i'm curious about you guys as well did you ever have like, you know, I feel like not many people have printers nowadays, but do you, do you remember like setting up a printer and like it never wanting to connect? Anyone else yeah. have that issue? Okay. One of uh, one of my Facebook friends put that on there. She's just like, I don't know why it's so hard to connect a printer to a computer. I was like, that was the one thing that I hated most. <laughs> oh, dude. I remember <laughs> back in
0: college, my dad had gotten me one and I was like, I'm going to pump this thing out of my dorm window. I, yeah, <laughs> for whatever reason, it should be like. Three steps. Connect. Should be that easy. Yeah.
2: That's why I just use a typewriter. It's so much easier. <laughs>
0: do you actually? No. Oh, I was gonna say.
1: Hi, <laughs> <Sorry>, Grandpa. Make <laughs> sure <laughs> <laughs> <do, do>, <laughs> what what do they say? Like I've never used one, but I always heard like the you know the, the they get the uh, keys get tangled up if you type too fast. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I
2: literally remember sitting at the table with my dad at like when I was a kid writing papers on
1: one. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm that old. That's great. (laughs) And the the, really the saddest part is how many people nowadays
0: have no clue what that is. Right. Like, I mean, to be fair, like I had an iPad in high school that the school got us that we used. I mean, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, but you at least know what one is. Like, I yeah, bet yeah, you, yeah.
1: I bet, if you went to a lot of, like, kids or, like, teenagers now even, like, they would not
0: even know what a typewriter is. Well, I was just talking about this with uh, one of my clients, Hannah, um, <laughs> about how disgusting it is that, like, her kids, like, year that they were born is 2010. Like, that's a functioning human that can kind of take care of themselves. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> I know. That's um, one of the uh, – one of my
1: teachers, Um, she – her kid just had a kid. I'm just wait. Last time I remember ever like seeing him, he was like in like sixth grade. Like, how is he a dad now?
0: <laughs> like, he's like twenty five. I'm 25, sure, I'm like, sure Chris understands now. this more than we do.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I, you I took your to kid to, a job. I took like, my kid to work this week. <laughs> oh my god! You know how weird that sounds. Like, have a good day at work. Like, it's crazy.
0: Oh yeah, that's disgusting. It is.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we got a a great mindset Q&A here today. Some really good questions I'm excited to dive into. So we're going to dive on in. So we have time to go through these. Number one is from Karen. She said, how to reset your mindset, meaning you had it all going once and then it slipped. How do you get back into it? Chris, I'm going to let you start because I know you've worked with Karen as well.
2: Yeah, Karen's been like my lifelong client. Um, absolutely love working with her. She's super motivated, super dedicated. So, shout out to Karen. Um, so proud of you for all your hard work. Um, backstory Karen got this crazy idea about nine months ago that she wanted to compete in a transformation division. And she went all in and she competed. She did amazing, um, transformed her body, lost over 120 pounds. And like went out on stage and just showed what she did. Well, coming off something like that, it's like you hyped yourself up for that one moment, and then it's like, okay, we're gonna take a cup, a week break, two weeks break, take a diet break, take a break from the gym, and then it's like you're asking your body to just go back to that certain mentality. I don't know about you guys, and you guys both compete, but like the type of adrenaline. That's going through you in the last month of your workouts and like you don't ever get that back until you put yourself back into that moment. So I feel like it is definitely a lot trickier to bounce right back and be like super motivated to go to the gym and oh, I'm gonna meal prep all this chicken. Like you've been doing that for the last six months. It's really like the motivation really isn't, might not be there, but like to get back on track with it and to like just reset your mindset around that. I think it's just discovering like what is the new goal? Like, I think it you have to have something to work towards. So it's like, what is that for you right now? Like, why do you want to go to the gym? Is it your health? Is it, you know, maybe you're working on another competition or working towards something else, but like, I, I guess it's just, you, you're resetting your mindset around what your new goals are. And then it's like creating a plan with your coach, communicating with your coach and making sure that you have a, a plan that is you're set up for success to get to that goal.
0: Yeah, that's what we call the uh, the post-meet blues, um, yeah. and they hit really hard when you don't have anything on the horizon. Like you said, you have this thing, like this gold standard that you're working towards for so long. You're putting in all this really hard work, and then you get there, and then it's over, and then you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do now? Like I don't have anything that I'm like, quote-unquote, working towards so I think you said it right. A lot of it comes down to just like resetting expectations and resetting some goals. And they don't have to be these big, massive, lofty goals. They can be something relatively small. Like, hey, my goal is to go to the gym three times this week because I want to improve my health um, or, or whatever it is for you. But I think it's just, again, redefining what your expectations, non-negotiables and goals are, setting something up for yourself, and then just getting back into the routine. Because it's so easy when you have this big event and you do this big thing to then be like, well, I'm not really working towards anything. So like it doesn't matter as much. Like if I miss a day, whatever, like you just have to to start to redefine some of these steps, some of these expectations that you have for yourself and your health. And then start doing it the exact same way that you started the last time. Start checking off these boxes every single day. Yep, I did that. Yep, I did that. And it starts to feel good again to check those boxes every day.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think your program is gonna look completely different, obviously. So like, that's what I mean is like, maybe before you felt like you you were probably in the gym five to seven days per week. That's not the season you're in right now. like, Unless that you're going back to that goal, obviously. But like your new goal might only have you going to the gym two to three times per week. Um, So definitely, I think that would help with your reset as well.
1: Yeah. I I like to frame it as like, you know, I I don't know if either of you guys love going on like hikes and things like that. But like, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you know, like when you go on a big, long hike, it's really hard, but it's well worth it. You get to the top of the mountain. You're just like, this is the coolest view I've ever seen. And then you get back down and you're just like, dang all that for that like it's like it's it's done and over with like before you know it and then it's like all right but what's now the next mountain i'm going to climb where's the next hike and so i think it's important to find that next goal and so using this exact same thing it's like your mountains are your goals and so you have to look for like where's that next one going to be at and each one's going to come with its own challenges and obstacles along the way but i think it you know and it's also just like reshaping like you know, and finding out what it is that you want to do and why you want to do it as well. Um, You know, like after my last competition, I like was like, all right, I'm taking a little bit of a break, more on like the powerlifting style training and I'm f- focusing a little more like hyper- hypertrophy style. I have not had enough coffee this morning. Hypertrophy style training for a little bit of time, but putting more focus onto my nutrition and to a deficit. And so I think that's where it's important to like find wh- what is important to you at that time. And it's really easy to almost start to, like, identify as that person that, like, I have to compete. Like, if I'm not competing, I'm doing nothing at all. But it's, like, this is, like, we almost have, like, I think there's a big thing to say about, like, identity shifts here where it's, like, there are big identity shifts, like, somebody who's, like, losing 120 pounds like she did versus, like, the smaller ones. Like, like you have, like, little micro identities, I guess. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm kind of making this up here. But almost, like, micro identity of, like, you're starting... Like your micro identity at the time with somebody who is competing and who is pre- prepping for that show, you have that. And so now that's that micro identity is still that person. And it's like, if you're going to stay with that person, your your mind's going to expect you to continue to do those things. But if you really don't want to do that, then we need to look at
0: where am I shifting that micro identity to something else? Does that make sense? Again, I'm probably making that completely up, but no, I, th- I think that's yeah. great. At the end of the day, it all comes back to identity. Um, just like when you very first started, you had to change your identity from the person who was this to the person who lost 120 pounds. Like that's a like you said, a massive identity shift. This one's not quite as big of an identity shift, but it matters just the same.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I was actually going to say, Brevin, is like the ship is just maybe a little smaller.
0: Yep, for sure. Awesome. Brevin, what's number two? Stacy, how to identify what you're actually dealing with, like emotions versus self-sabotage. Chase?
1: Yeah, so I, I love this question. And um, I've been talking about self-sabotage with a ton of my clients lately. um, And it's just, just becoming more aware of it. And the biggest thing that's going to help you differentiate between if it's an emotional response versus self-sabotage, and they can be the same thing. I think it's important to realize that too. Like they can mesh together. So it's not like these are completely two different things. But I think it's important to realize like you can have an experience and feel emotional and experience those emotions, but they don't have to lead you to self-sabotage. And so this is where it's going to take taking that complete ownership and realizing like, am I allowing these emotions to become like a pity party for myself to then lead down to self-sabotaging? And it's like, where is that line? And I think it's really important to identify where that line is. And and not that it's a very like a dark black line that goes right down. You're gonna know exactly when you cross it. But it's like at some point you have to realize, all right, do I have control of this? Like, am I letting my my you know my sadness now lead to emotional eating? All right, that is self-sabotage. But is it something where am I just feeling sad and I'm coping? Maybe I'm not doing as much, but am I completely hitting the reverse button and walk in the other direction i think i think so like to reframe that might make a little more sense and i want to hear your all also put on this as well Is like emotion just like you're just like stopping walk like you're still on the path but you just kind of stopped and you're dwelling in it you're not too happy with how things are going you're maybe looking around you're like oh i really don't take that next step self-sabotage is completely turning around on the path and walking the other direction that i think is when it kind of crosses that barrier what do you think chris um, I, th- I think like, I'm reading this question. I think i read this question wrong a little
2: bit. Um, Like, how do I identify, like, in my mind, I went to, like, pick up before this self-sabotage happens. Sure. Like, that's kind of where my mind went with it. And I think that's like something that just comes over practice. Yeah. Like, you're going to go through it. And you're going to be like, okay, you start to recognize you build that awareness, right? Like that, like, every time I have this thought, or every time this season comes, um, that, I just self sabotage um and now you have this awareness and that's great because everything starts with awareness. That's kind of the way I read it, but I loved your spin on it. I think that's very valid. I think um I think yeah, it really just comes back down to like your awareness around the situation to start identifying it. You can start to do this through journaling um and things like that. But I loved your your own spin on it.
0: Yeah, I I would, I really like how you phrase that. Um, And that's exactly what it comes down to. Like you're going to have emotions. Like that's not something that's going to go away. It's how do you respond, react to those emotions? What happens when you have that emotion? If you have an emotion and you are able to process it and deal with it and work through it and move on. And it might, like you said, you might stop for a second. But then you're right back on track because you have dealt with what you're feeling because emotions are a human experience. They're not going to ever go away, but it's, it's, what do you do with that emotion that really determines self-sabotage? Yes or no. Yeah.
2: yeah. I actually I, just had this conversation with somebody recently. and It was just like, I feel it. like, I don't know why I feel this way. Maybe I'm just blowing it. Like, no, th- these are your feelings. Like, let's validate that. Like you, this is actually real. Like you felt this, it's not small or, you know, it. like let's actually discuss this and figure it out. I think yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just like blowing this out of proportion or, but like, no, this is the really how you feel. Let's, let's talk through this.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing that's really important to also mention, like, you know, Stacy, you've been absolutely crushing it. Stacey's my client and she's been crushing it, making amazing progress. And I think the most important thing is like during a time when you're gonna be dealing with a lot of emotions, It's also really important to reevaluate what your expectations, and we're going to be talking about expectations a little bit later with the next question as well, but I think it's important to reevaluate what do you expect during this time? Like, can we expect to have the best days that we've had since starting this during this time when maybe we are a little more emotional? Maybe it's time to reevaluate that, pull back just a hair. We can still make great progress, but maybe we pull back a hair just a little bit to allow room because like we only can have a certain amount of capacity per day. And so if we're overexuding too much and trying to fill, you know, put a gallon in size of a cup measuring cup, then it's not going to fit, right? Like it's going to eventually overflow and then it's going to be just chaotic and uncontrollable. So it's like, all right, at some point, if we're going to be adding in a lot of emotions to the mix, maybe we need to pull back something else. Maybe it's like, hey, like, what if we just went from like three workouts a week to two? Maybe it's, you know, instead of like, drilling home like whatever the goals would be like finding a way to cut it back a little bit instead of a ten thousand step goal maybe we pull back the seven again not that we're just like letting go completely that's the all or something and actually stacy just made a great post in our, um, my team chat this morning about the all or nothing or all or something mindset and i think this is where it's a perfect example of that where we have to learn how to be okay with not doing as much as we normally would have especially when we first started all this
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it also comes down to like, Do you know what's coming up in your life? Are you coming into a really busy or really hard time in your life? Like what is going on in your life and how are you best preparing for that? And if you know, like I'm coming up to a really busy, crazy time in my life and you don't do anything to prepare yourself for that, that can be a form of self-sabotage as well because you know that things are going to get harder, but you're not doing anything to make that easier on yourself like changing expectations because having unrealistic expectations is a form of self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you set realistic expectations because there are going to be different seasons of your life. It's not always going to be put a uh, pedal all the way to the floor going hundred miles an hour. Like there's times where we need to go 50 miles an hour or 10 miles an hour. The thing is, is, is never stopping the car is, is continuing to make something happen, continuing to check some sort of box. Even if you have to change what those boxes are and that's okay. Exactly. I think the two,
2: the two biggest words is like identify and self-sabotage. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't even know or recognize when they're self-sabotaging. They don't even view this as self-sabotage. And it's like, when you start pointing things out, like they start to build that, like, oh my gosh, like you're, you're right. I mean, we just had talked about that, uh, the last couple of weeks with a client that chases, like, I never even realized, like I was doing that. Um, mm-hmm. so we do things on, like, like just unconsciously.
1: Yep. Awesome. Chris, summer three. All right.
2: Robin asks, and Robin is one of our clients. She works with Coach Dolly. Um, How long does it take on average to change your mindset? I know it's not an overnight process and the mindset is constantly changing. Um, Robin, you want to touch base on that?
0: Yeah, unfortunately this is this is one of those it depends questions. It depends on who you are. What is your current mindset? Where are you coming from? Where are you looking to go? Like there's a lot of things that go into this question. Um but I think it really comes down to to you. It comes down to the individual. So, where are you at? what does your mindset look like? What are you looking to get out of this process? Uh, yeah, so uh, again, at the end of the day, I, I think it's it's definitely not an overnight process. Um, And this, this kind of also goes back to expectations. Like, what are you expecting to accomplish? What are your goals? What is the process you're taking to get there? It, uh, at the end of the day, expectations dictate so much on your fitness journey. And like we just talked about, unrealistic expectations is a form of self-sabotage. So if you're expecting to make... 30 pounds of fat loss in one month, like, well, you're gonna be sadly disappointed and you're not gonna wanna continue. But if you say, hey, I'm gonna get rid of timelines and I'm just gonna start checking boxes. I'm just gonna start focusing on habits and fat loss will become a symptom of those habits. And it might take me three months, six months, it might take me a year, but I'm just gonna continue to check those boxes every day. And I think you take this from a like, outcome focused goal to like a process focused goal. And, and what that means is like the outcome is, is what your goal is. Like, I want to lose 40 pounds. Okay. That's great. That gives you direction to go into, but the process is what steps do you need to take? What habits do you have to have to have that 40 pound fat loss happen? And if you start to focus on the process, it will eventually happen. But if you only focus on the outcome, you're probably going to struggle because that's all you're thinking. I was like, did I lose 40 pounds yet? Did I lose 40 pounds yet? And when you don't, or when the scale goes up, because it's inevitably going to go up on some days because the scale fluctuations happen, you're going to feel demoralized and want to quit. But if you just constantly look at the process and you check those boxes every day, that's such a motivating feeling. That's such a good feeling of like, yeah, I'm doing the thing. I'm on my way there. I'm going to get there eventually.
1: Yeah. I I think one thing that I, I, an analogy that I just thought about, imagine like i'm kind of reframing your question to more make it sense into an analogy here so imagine like when we say changing your mindset let's re- reword that as like moving out of a house and what and where i'm going with this is is like if we say like how long does it take to move out of a house well you might be like oh it's going to take you know hours you know a-, a long time but there's a lot inside of the house right like it's not just like you're moving a house you're moving the couch, you're moving the love seat, you're moving a desk, you're moving electronics, you're moving this, you're moving that. And that's how it is with mindset. Mindset is such a broad term where it's like, there are a million things that could be inside of that. So I think it's important for you to realize, like, don't really look at, am I changing my mindset? Break that down. Like, what does mindset mean to you? Is that all or nothing thinking? Is that relationship with food? Is that with, you know, self-sabotage? Like, look at all the little, the smaller pieces of the um, mindset thing you're asking about and look at changing those, not just change. Because right now it's like you're looking at it's like a light switch, where it's basically like it's completely off. Nothing has changed and nothing has changed until it's all changed. And it's like, well, there's actually a lot of little things that we can change out of our mindset that will add up to eventually changing who we are as a person.
0: Well, and I, I really like that analogy because uh, I think you could even take it as like a, you have to pack each room up. There's different mm-hmm. things that are going on inside of each room. Like the kitchen is going to be a different way to pack and get ready, everything out than the living room or your bedroom or whatever other rooms you have in the dining room, like that those are all going to be different things that you have to do to move out of that house.
2: And I look at like, you know, how long it takes, and you know, Brevin, you touched on this a little bit about like it really depends on where you came from. I look at a client who comes to us and they're like, I've never tried anything else before. Um, I've never, you know, established a poor relationship with food through doing keto or what are the, all these other things that kind of cause those things. And then you have somebody that has 30 years of a diet history of failing and living in that all or nothing mindset like that person that's really never tried anything before is going to like probably adjust a lot quicker. And so if you, if you do have that history, it's okay. Like have that, you know, have that awareness of it and be like, okay, yeah, this is probably goes back to expectation. Like Brevin was talking about, like, yeah, I've been trying to add this for 20, 30 years. Okay. Well we're trying to rewrite 30 years of habits. We're trying to rewrite 20, 30 years of a mindset that you had, and we're going to try to change all of that. We're packing all of that up, like Chase was talking about, and we're moving it out. Like, so it is going to take time. Um, I think. I mean, I guess. Like, what's the hurry? Yeah. Right. Like, like why are why are we putting a deadline on it? Or like, I got to have my mindset shift in you know six months or changed in six months. Like, it's it's a constant evolving thing that you're going to always be working on. I know that there's things that we are always working on ourselves. So, um, like just focus on, it's a, like what we talk about with fat loss, Robin, like one thing at a time, just start to make those small improvements over time. Eventually the shift, you'll start recognize. you look back at something and be like, oh my gosh, I used to respond this way. Yep. And now like I'm responding this way. And it's like the smallest of things. It'll be like some light bulb moments for you.
0: That's exactly what I was just about to touch on is it's not going to be like this black or white, like one day I never struggle with this again. And like, it just like the shift happened. It's exactly what you said. Like, it's going to be these small things. Like I used to respond by binge eating to this situation and now I'm recognizing it and I'm stopping it and controlling it in the moment. And I'm not binging anymore. Or if I do binge, I'm not letting it go on for six days. I'm catching it in the moment and i'm stopping it and getting back on track significantly quicker it's not these i i think that's a misconception that a lot of people have that like this thing happens is like a black and white like you either do it or you don't a lot of it comes down to the small like the recognizing and getting back on track those kind of things and not letting it be as bad as it was in the past if you've made progress on it and you don't fall off quite as often or it doesn't happen as long or as bad or any of these things, like that's all massive progress.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think it kind of takes into another conversation as far as expectations go, which is something that we were chatting a little bit before we hit record here about some of like different things we've noticed with certain clients as far as expectations as a whole. And I think this is a great pivot into that kind of conversation as well. In terms of, for some reason, I think a lot of people come into, anytime they start something of like, you know, whether it be weight loss that they're trying to lose or they're, you know, trying to gain strength or whatever their goal may be, they come into it with a preconceived notion of like what society tells them it should be or from past experiences as well. You know, I've, I've mentioned before, you know, one of our one of my clients has, you know, done Octavia and lost like 50 pounds, like super quick. So then once the scale's not going down quick, she's like, what the heck? I should be losing, even though she knows that. It's just like that little that older self of her tells her hey you're not succeeding unless you're losing 50 pounds with the snap of your fingers so i think it's important to have a clear expectation of like what progress looks like i was meeting with a client uh, about a week or two ago and she was just like i'm really frustrated i'm not losing weight fast enough and she's like i've been in this program for a while now and i just feel like i'm not losing fast enough we looked at her average like she's had her ups and downs of course she's been traveling a lot and a lot of things going on we looked at her progress she's lost like on average, like between a quarter to a half a pound per week. And again, like a quarters to a little bit more on the smaller set, but even like a half pound per week is still great progress, especially for somebody that, you know, this is somebody I should mention, you know, I'm not going to give too many details, but she's someone who doesn't need to lose that much more weight. Like she's trying to lose those last 10 pounds. So that takes a lot longer to do than somebody who needs to lose a hundred pounds. So I think it's just important to have the realistic expectations going into this of what that's going to look like. Um, Chris, any other like things that you've noticed with some of your clients as far as expectations go, or just as a whole of people you talk to?
2: Yeah, I think it goes that what what you said about your client that has done off to be a they want lose fifty, they lost fifty pounds. I think we just all have this quick fix mindset that things should be going a lot quicker, and like weight loss is just as simple as you know a calorie. Just I'm mean, gonna just gonna eat less, and I'm gonna move a bunch, and I should be losing all this weight. And it's like, well we're also dealing with some medical issues that you have and you know, you're on, you're on thyroid medication, you have hypothyroidism. Like you also have food sensitivities. Like there's, there's a lot of things that like factors that can play into weight loss. Um, You, you also are working a very high stress job and you've got a family of four you're trying to feed. Like there's so many factors at play. It's just not as easy as a lot of people think. Um, So I think that it does come down to expectations of like, what's what's your goal here, and then also like, what are you willing to put? Are you you have to put in the work for that, that goal, and if you're not, well, the expectation shouldn't be that you're going to lose twenty pounds this month. So I just had this talk, and I feel comfortable talking about it with a, a client that she's been very vocal about her journey, and she's very a social butterfly and things like that. We put a goal for her to lose three pounds this month because she had something happening all month long and she's we're three months or three days away from the end of the month. And she has three pounds to lose till she hits that goal. And I'm you're probably like, realistically, we're probably not going to get there. And I was like, and that's okay. Like, we sh- was, were you really expected to do that after like this last week that you had with nutrition and exercise? Like, come on. So it goes back down to like, you know, also I think education too, like, The education of like how this actually works, body fat, uh, how food sensitivities can affect these things, how your thyroid affects these things. So I think uh, um, all of that combined is really, I think, boils down to like what your expectations should be.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that that so many people's expectations just going into into health and fitness are just fucked because of how much misinformation there is out there. They go in and they do these fad diets and they they lose 50 pounds, like you said, um, doing something like Octavia. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, that's how it should happen. That's how fat loss should work. I should lose 50 pounds. And then they gained it all back and like, oh, well, that worked. So I'm going to do it again. And like, well, did it actually work if you gained it all back? no. Um, and like we talked about earlier, uh, the unrealistic expectations is a form of self-sabotage. So going into thinking I need to lose 50 pounds in a month or even three months, if you only have 50 pounds to lose, is very much self-sabotage in and of itself. So we just have to, to really look at these things. And you have so many people that that come into this and you have all these people in the industry talking about oh well uh your your metabolism is broken so if you do this you're gonna lose a hundred pounds like and, and that's just that stuff's just not true so we have to look at like like you said education i think becomes so important like where are you getting the information what are your expectations what are your goals what are you doing to make this stuff happen
1: yeah at, at, the, at the end of the day like you, you you've got to be in the right mindset of understanding like this is like a almost like I always tell clients like on my very first onboarding call it's like you have to be willing to be coachable and unlearn everything you've already learned in the past like not okay maybe not everything right like, there are some things that they may have that it's good but there's a lot that they've heard in the past that is not good and so we have to learn how to unlearn those things and be open to learn new things and understand like you know I have clients come that are like you know, like, oh, like carbs are bad. Um, And so like they are afraid to eat any carbs. And then I start to like tell them like, hey, like this is why we need carbs. We're going to work more carbs in. And like, and they may like almost kind of like fight against that for a moment. But it's like, hey,
0: like, again, you've tried this in the past. It didn't work. So we have to try something different. Yeah. And I want to give two examples here. Uh one with one of my newer clients, Joelle. Um, she's come and she has some knowledge in health and fitness, but she has a lot of misconceptions inside of health and fitness. Um, so we've had to break a lot of those. Um, we've been on a weekly Zoom call um, for the past three weeks so far. And a lot of the time we spend is just talking about like, how do you perceive this? What do you think is going on? How do you understand this? And let's see if we're on the same page. Um, because a lot of the times, if we're not on the same page, then even if we are trying to go the same direction, we're taking different paths to get there. And that's where the miscommunication happens for people. And that's where people get lost. Um, the second example is my own fitness journey right now. Um, I've been cutting for a couple months now. Uh, as of this week, I'm down like 22 pounds. But the past month, I've made zero progress. Literally not <laughs> lost a single pound because I've just had a lot of shit going on. I think I talked about this on the last podcast yep. or the one before that. I was like, I just had a lot of shit going on. I was traveling. I had a wedding. I was at a music festival. Like, I have just not been consistent enough to, in a deficit to be seeing progress so like if I don't change my expectations I have two options either fuck it I'm just gonna gonna go binge because I'm not making any progress anyways and just ruin it or I'm just gonna completely cut my calories down to 1200 and starve myself to continue to make progress it was like no uh, in the past it's the stuff that I would have done but now again progress is is not doing what you would have done in the past Uh, now I have changed my expectations i've looked at what am i doing why am i doing it what's going on what's the situation i'm in and i've changed my expectations like hey this month i'm cool with just maintaining my progress that i have made so far and not going backwards now i don't have anything going on for a while now i can really dive head first back into the deficit and start to make progress again Chris, anything else to add to that
2: no i think you guys touched base on it um really well i think you know i th- I was one thing you you mentioned, Revan, that like came to my mind is that, I I think it's important for the listeners to know of like why probably what makes us great coaches is because we've been through this. We've tried all those kind of things. We understand what they've done. You know, I haven't really kind of maybe sh- even shared a lot of my story, but like I was like a severe under eater. Like I was like cutting carbs, cutting calories. Uh, a male that was eating like fifteen hundred calories, fourteen hundred calories, tr- trying to cut weight. And then I would just binge in it for like three days, you know, and like, I still, I still have that some things creep back in every once in a while. So I think it, like, you know, when we, when we talk about like the things that we've done in the past, I think it's important to know that we've done all these things. Like we're not bashing people for trying keto and fasting, like we've done it and we've seen what the the repercussions of it. And we, that's what we want to do. We want to be that lighthouse for you and have you guys avoid that risk of doing, going down that trap as well.
1: Yep. Awesome. Well, guys, I know we have one more question, but we'll say that one for the next episode because let's go ahead and wrap this up. We're about 30 minutes in. But everyone have a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Coach's Roundtable. Bring us your questions. We are loving the questions we're getting so far. And we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: See you next week. Guys. as always i want to thank you for listening to the unfuck your health podcast if you enjoy the show and find it helpful, i'd love it if you would share it on your story so i can thank you for listening and leave a five-star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives as always feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show thanks again for listening to the unfuck your health podcast